0: Hey Geeks, it's Jana and Ashley. Thanks for joining us this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast, your place for the latest geek and fandom news.
1: Welcome back, friends, to the Geek Girls Universe podcast. We have the opportunity to interview the talented and super fun Julia Jones. If you don't know, Julia starred as Leah Clearwater in Twilight, Omira in The Mandalorian, and most recently as Agent Muniz in Think Like a Dog. While we were interviewing her for Think Like a Dog, we obviously couldn't let the opportunity pass to geek out with her about The Mandalorian and her other nerdy favorites.
0: Uh, so she was so much fun to interview. Oh, I was yeah. So excited at the opportunity. I, I mean, I think she's not necessarily a household name for a lot of people, but her repertoire, like her filmography... Is so vast and so just diverse. Um, oh yeah, I mean, lots first of fandoms of all, uh, for real, right? Like, just the fan bases that she's a part of are crazy. Uh, let's talk about Twilight first, just because it's Twilight. And uh, well, Twilight, a lot of people are gonna <laughs> be like, "Womp womp." Let's be clear: Julia probably is most known as being Leah Clearwater twilight was huge it still kind of is huge there's I mean and it's got this little bit of a resurgence in part because kids who are like my kids age are all of a sudden like ooh twilight like they've (laughs) they've sort of picked this up so there's like this new rebirth of like twilight fans but then also there's a new book coming out this summer so it's I mean twilight's kind of it never really died but she clearly you know had a a big role in that movie and you know not not edward or jacob big but you know a big enough role in that movie and definitely had a start as leah clearwater you know she had a part in the mandalorian she's been in goliath she was in westworld she was in longmire she was on er i mean she's so in so many huge huge uh fan favorites so it was really exciting to talk to her
1: hundred percent. I I love that she's a big nerd. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to her and talk about what she's nerding out about. And she's a book nerd yes, first and foremost. And I'm a book nerd. So I was like, I totally feel you on like once you start a really good book, not being able to put it down. I get that way, right? Like right now I'm reading Thrawn Treason, mm-hmm,
2: which is a mm-hmm. Star
1: Wars book. If you don't know who Thrawn is, I love Admiral, Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's a great character. And the, this is the third book in Timothy Zahn's um, series. But anyways, that's yep. what I'm currently I'm still reading. on the
0: Alliance or Alliance is whatever it's called. The first one.
1: <laughs> oh, you got to get on it.
0: Treason is <laughs> so, so good. I get distracted by things like, you know, Animal <laughs> Crossing, New Horizons.
1: Uh, <laughs> I feel like we need to do a whole podcast on Animal
0: Crossing. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. We are totally doing a podcast and we're going to have Megan on.
1: Because we may or may not be obsessed with mm. that as well.
0: Super obsessed. Way too <laughs> many hours into Animal Crossing. <laughs> so I didn't
1: ask Julia about Animal Crossing, but.
0: That <laughs> that's
1: for sure. But we did learn that she's doing puzzles now. I think everybody's doing puzzles. It's like the quarantine mm-hmm. hobby. Like everybody wants to do a puzzle. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. she was super sweet. Obviously, we had to talk Mandalorian, which. I feel like she's going to come back. Obviously, you can't say much about Star Wars when you're in Star Wars <laughs> because yeah, they'll, no. they'll come for you. But I feel positive. Her character didn't die. If you don't know who Amira is, Amira is the villager that um the Mandalorian was kind of having feelings for just a little. If he can if he can have feelings, he was having feelings. Yeah. And she had the yeah. little girl, and they all love Baby Yoda, and that's where he was going to leave Baby Yoda, but then he couldn't. So that's Amira. So she's super fierce, tough woman. She's smart, a great character. So fingers crossed that we see her back in season two.
0: And that's that tends to be a lot of the characters, or most of the characters that Julia has played. Most of them are really strong, empowered women. Um, she doesn't do a lot of fluff characters like she really takes roles that are empowered women type roles which i think is really great i agree and yeah so we we chatted also you know a lot of nerdy type things i thought it was really kind of interesting um because she is a huge book nerd she loves to read uh she has done a lot of things that were books first and then movies or tv shows which was kind of fascinating And then has, you know, in some cases read the books, but not in every instance, like she was saying, she hadn't read Longmire before she got involved in the TV series. Because TV moves so much quicker than film. uh, She was saying that she basically had like 48 hours before she had to get on a plane to go film when she got that role. So that was (laughs) was (laughs) definitely not enough time to read a whole book. No, not at all. (laughs) She hadn't read that one first, but Twilight, obviously she had read them and I, uh, I had to ask her. She planned on reading the new one which she <laughs> said yes because, you know, she was kind of already in it and enjoyed them and whatnot. So she was planning on picking that book up.
1: Yeah, for and sure. We had
0: a we had a good little exchange about living near the filming locations of <laughs> you know, forks and whatnot. So that was that was kind of fun. But yeah, she was yeah, she was a pleasure to talk to.
1: Oh, for sure, we had a great time. She's so she's so nice and so sweet, and it's obviously not the normal kind of interview that we do. We're typically face to face with, mm-hmm. um, you know, the talent. So it's that you know the awkward when you're on the phone. You're like, hey, oh, 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 sorry, like <laughs> you know. Yes. but we all laughed it off, and I thought I just thought it went really well.
0: Yeah, and it was I thought it was nice too because it was clear that she was just like really friendly, really personable. Um when you're in the room with the person you're interviewing, you really kind of just get like a feel because you, you kind of, you know, you get to quote unquote, read the room, you kind of see how things are going. And you can kind of, you take cues based off other questions and their responses to them. And when you're on the phone, like you don't really get any of that. I mean, you can kind of listen to what they're saying and feel a little bit of what their response is and how it comes off but like it's not the same thing as being there sitting and seeing and reading the body language and whatever you're really just kind of going on a whim and hoping that what you think their response was was positive or you know whatever and the laughing was like a good laugh versus like awkward oh gosh why are they asking me this laugh (laughs) um but there were definitely some like genuine oh my goodness this is so much fun kind of laughing laughs coming out of her and we yeah we had such a great time and uh, you know it's one of those where sometimes you chat with somebody for a few minutes and you're like I feel like I've chatted with this person before or forever mm-hmm. and she was just one of those really easy approachable kind of people which I thought was really nice and lovely uh, and so in some ways like having that one-on-one with her for like you know 12 or 15 minutes was maybe better than having like a group interview for 25 minutes. Because I feel like maybe we got a little more out of her on an individual basis that way. No, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, definitely a unique experience compared to a lot of what we do.
1: Yeah. But I think this will be our experience for the foreseeable future.
0: For (laughs) sure. For sure.
1: So I just hope they all go as pleasantly as this one did. And they're all just as sweet as Julia.
0: 100%. And then we, so we just wanted to have, you know, start off the podcast with a little bit about our interview with Julia. And then we have uh, the recording from our podcast that we'll be including here so you guys can hear the questions and the, you know, uh, responses from Julia.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: What was it like working alongside your four-legged co-stars?
2: I, I loved working with, with these dogs. I think there were three of them who, you know, all look exactly the same and can come in in intervals so that there's not a dog working these long hours. Um, for me, there's like, a, like a, a, an element of spontaneity that comes from working with dogs. I, I'm, I feel like very calm and relaxed around dogs, especially big dogs like the Henry dog was um, – and, and, you know, you, you, these dogs were extremely professional and really well-behaved and, um, and I think, you know, like, very beloved. I think everybody just sort of wanted to be around the dogs. I, was, I definitely was hanging out with the dogs, like, you know, at crafts like, hang after, off <laughs> uh, Offset.
1: <laughs> I would probably totally hang out with the dogs over people, like, any day. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I- okay, kind of a fun question. If you could pick any type of dog to be... What would it be and why?
2: I mean, I keep thinking of, like, like my favorite dogs, but they're probably going to be really hot because they have a lot of fur. I don't know. I, I, I keep thinking of the dogs that I want. Like, I love Bernese mountain dogs. I love Huskies. Um, and then, you know, like a Lab. Just, like, a good old Lab. I would like to be a Lab that lives near water.
1: I like the mountain dogs, it's too. Simple. They're just so giant and... I know. I mean, that's
2: the thing. But then I just would be very, very hot if I was one of them. I I don't know.
1: I would be up for that. I'm hot anyway. So my husky, when she gets overheated, I'm like, I feel you because I'm like, I'm so. Oh, you're on the same
2: page. Yeah, I'm the opposite. So maybe I would enjoy being a husky. I'm always cold. So maybe I need to get the Bernies around.
1: There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You had great chemistry on set with your co-star Brian. My favorite scene was when you had to pretend to be married. Your facial expressions were golden. My husband looks at me and he's like, oh my God, it's you. You give me those looks all the time. (laughs) And I'm like, well, if it fits. Anyways, (laughs) was it hard
2: keeping a straight face? I mean, so I obviously have like every scene with Brian and we, we spent a good amount of time together. Because we were in Beijing together, and uh, you know we were on the same schedule, um, and so kind of developing that banter and that back and forth and that dynamic was 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 something that absolutely happened uh, off set. Um, he is extremely funny. He's very <laughs> very funny, uh, and and lots of times he would just kind of go off on on these these things and and yes, everybody would try not to laugh. Like, that's your job <laughs> to, like, just not laugh. Uh, I I think that I am just, like, she was such a kind of a high-strung character that I almost was, like, I wasn't... While we were doing the scenes, like, I wasn't... He was n- definitely... I don't remember him being funny to me at all. Like, he really, <laughs> really was annoying me.
1: You were really <laughs> in character. <laughs>
2: I guess so. I mean, he was, he was very effective. <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, off, off camera was a whole different story. It was really hard not to laugh. <laughs> I, mean, I guess I get to laugh while we were off camera.
1: Yeah. Are there any other fun moments on set other than with Brian
2: that happened? I mean, so one of my favorite, like, sort of memories from making this film is we, we filmed a lot of it in New Orleans, in Louisiana. And, um, you know, we would have these days that were pretty wild, with like children and extras and and drones and all these dogs and all this stuff. And the neighborhoods uh, in New Orleans were so welcoming, and 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 we would they would let us do uh, like makeup t- t- touch ups in their houses. They would just be like, "Come on in and do the touch up in here." Your trailer shoot too far away, or. Uh, people would get beach chairs, and like nine a.m. in the morning, you you get out of the car to start filming, and, and there'd be all these people with their be- beach chairs and their bottles of wine. Just they set up their <laughs> chairs and just like kind of watch you film. It was like it was like make it was like a I don't know like a community theater production or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then also Gill, our director, who just is infectious and loves what he does so much, and was really passionate about this story. Um, well, we were rehearsing. We we often didn't use the dogs so that the dogs, you know, could rest. And so Gil would play the dogs in our rehearsals, <laughs> and that was that was really special.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I love New Orleans. I've been there. The food is divine, and the people are so sweet. I know it's such a special place. It's magical. Yep. Yes. So a lot of your characters, at least all the ones I've seen. They're strong, confident, intelligent women, and I know that you're pouring that into them. That's that's all you. But what other ways do you think that they are like you?
2: In general, um, I don't know. That's really that's really hard because I, I sort of start from the opposite place of that, strangely. It's like I'm more focused on how to make them less like me in a way because I know that... <laughs> the qualitative things that are, like, inherent to me will probably come through in some way. So um, I'm always so focused on, like, what other external factors, like, does this person have to deal with that, that don't really have anything to do with me. Um, but I think, I mean, I, I can't think about all the characters all at once and I guess if I do that I just think of me like I don't know I think that you just said the things like <laughs> um, definitely not much humor I'll say that <laughs> so I I I've read
1: that you're a big nerd so I am too yep. so social distance yep, high five yep. for that proud, proud nerd <laughs> yes a proud nerd I mean I nerd out for books movies shows gay, basically everything right the gamut of geek yep What are your favorite nerdy things? I would love to know.
2: (laughs) I mean, well, I'm, I mean, I think mostly, oh, I mean, now I'm, I'm, I'm on these like text threads with my friends and I, I just thought of, um, like very often I will say something on these text threads and. People will respond with that like emoji. That's the nerd, like the person with the glasses. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't even know like what I've done really, but <laughs> I do know that that's a thing that happens. Um, I'm a bookworm. Like I'm, I'm really like interested in um, in. I'll, like in just reading, and I'm kind of obsessive about. I'll get into something and not really be able to put it down, whether it's a book, or I'll get obsessed with like a specific director and just want to see all of his films at once. Or, uh, oh my gosh, I've been doing puzzles. In quarantine, these like 1000 yes. of these puzzles that I was <laughs> extremely obsessed with. Um, that has that was that was that was a phase about a third of the way through that I will always remember. <laughs> 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 it was like the most peaceful part of this. Um, it's just just excessive puzzle doing. Um. Yeah. I. I. I yeah. They, those are those are my things. I guess.
1: Awesome. All right. My last question is. What is your dream role? What role would make you, like, cartwheel in the living room, backflip over? Like, you would just freak out. You're so excited.
2: Um, I think it would be something that, like, encapsulates, like, a whole bunch of qualities, like, all at once, um, in, in, like, a big experience in some way, so, I don't know, I mean, I've always wanted to be a part of the Bourne franchise, you know, so Mm -hmm. again, you get these, like, smart, dynamic, athletic, um, uh, international, uh, these, these, a lot of things to play with, and a lot of skills to acquire, and then, like, fun places to travel, and then also, you know, you get to work with these people who are really extraordinary and talented people, those are sort of, like, the things that would make me really excited about, about a role. Anything that's new and a challenge um, is really interesting to me. And so um, I would also love to produce and um, be involved with, uh, like, developing things. And I would love to find something uh, to option that sort of a thing.
1: Awesome. Well, I think you'll do amazing in any role that – you get casted for. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I loved you on The Mandalorian. I just have to say it. I know you can't talk about it, really, because it's Star Wars, but loved, loved it. <laughs> and I hope, oh, so I, really <laughs> I hope to see yeah. you back. That was really special. I hope to see you back. Yep. Just putting that out there in the universe. <laughs> yep,
0: thank you. <laughs> it looked like it would have been the kind of movie where you have a lot of fun on set, and I think that not all movies, at least when you watch them look like they're the kind of movies that you have a lot of fun on set but this was so lighthearted and fun. My girls loved it. We watched it last night and they oh. they thought it was a blast. Oh, I love that. You so you said you had dogs growing up or a dog growing up?
2: Yeah.
0: Um and I think I think most of us if you're a dog person like you tend to be pretty close to your dogs are there things that yep. you would have expected your dog to say to you or things that you shared that you could, you know, kind of relate to just based on the script. Like, what kind of things would your dog have said to you? <laughs>
2: um, I think, you know, she was very comforting. She was like this large black um, uh, giant schnauzer, and she was super protective. And she would, she was this sort of dog that would like position herself equidistant from every member of the family so that she could, you know, get to everybody at the same time so um I don't know I I think she she just was was a really soothing presence all the time just steady constant made you feel like everything was going to be okay if you had a bad day at school she was there for you always um so yeah like everything's going to be okay she probably I feel like was putting that in my head all the time helpful (laughs) when you're a kid (laughs)
0: And I know that, obviously, when you work with dogs on set, they tend to be really well-trained. But how, how was it working with these dogs on set?
2: Uh, I had a great time. I, of course, had very little to do with, like, orchestration <laughs> or, like, making sure that they, that, that they, that they were on their mark and, and doing what they were supposed to be doing. Um, I love having dogs on set. I think they're just these sort of very calm... Um, light presence and I think people relax when they're around them and uh, these dogs were extremely professional. I would say maybe at times one of some of the more professional individuals on set (laughs) Um, and it is inherently very funny to try to get a dog to do some of the things that these dogs were asked to do and uh, it led to um, I think an energy that's similar to what you were describing on set, which is just sort of like fun playing around. You know, we had a director who, our director Gil would literally, in rehearsals, he would play the dog. So he was often on all fours, jumping up and down, you know, before they brought the dogs out. And I, I definitely had never seen that before. That
0: <laughs> is a riot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trooper. <laughs> I remember reading somewhere um that you love to read. How how does your love of reading books um kind of impact the way in which you prepare for a role?
2: Um I think that reading books impacts like you know the way that I see the world to begin with. So I think a lot of um you know you, you, you try to understand things that you haven't experienced or you try to um Understand what it's like to live in a place that you've never been, or or just different different things that are going on that are outside of your little, you know, world that you inhabit. And I think that the broadening of um, your perspective that you can get from reading is a start is the starting point for acting in a lot of ways for me because you're as an actor kind of tapping into experiences that you often haven't had in your real life. So, um reading's a huge part of it. Research is a huge part of most of the roles that I take on. Um, and it, it's I think always a default. Like if I'm not quite sure where to start or what to do, um, it's either, you know, a book or a film or something. It's some kind of content to just watch and just see, you know, what it what it makes you think of or, or how it connects to what you're working on and um you just kind of, like, gather a lot of information and just see what sticks.
0: Sure. And with, you know, some of the things that you've worked on, like Longmire and, you know, obviously the Twilight Saga, those were books before they became, you know, a TV show and movies. Were those those things that you read first before you got involved? Um,
2: you know, I find that I have actually done, like, a lot of things that were books before, um... And it depends. Twilight I definitely read before we filmed um, because I think you wanted to be... I mean, because you pick those books up and you can't put them down, first of all. But um, you also want to be as much on the page of your audience as you can. And a lot of your audience has read and feels like they already have relationships with these characters. And um, so you want to kind of honor that. Uh, Longmire... Television is a little bit different because it happens faster, and you don't tend to have as much time to prepare. Like I probably would have read Longmire if, honestly, I had had more than forty-eight hours to get on a plane and start filming. Wow. Um. Yeah. So, so it depends. I I don't have a rule about that. Sometimes you just feel like, oh, I should, I should. I want to know all of this. And sometimes you just want to come up with it yourself. Sure.
0: Um, how has sort of this whole quarantine thing impacted projects and how you work or hasn't it like how just, you know, obviously things are a little different right now for everybody.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's been it's been a complete and total shift um, for me, at least with work and in and, and the industry, because. No, nothing's filming. Okay. So um, I think that other people—not so much actors, but um, I think writers and and like producers and people who are involved in development have been really busy. I think that there's a lot kind of going on behind the scenes, and people are trying to get ready to uh, put things into production as soon as it's safe to do so. Um, but I—I uh, I mean, fortunately am now, um, have been working on something that, that is in development. So I've, I've been able to sort of be in a prep mode and it's been really nice to have that as an outlet. But, um, before that started up, it was extremely shocking <laughs> to just go from, you know, like 90 miles an hour to just like nothing. I mean, people I worked with who I would talk to every day, literally kind of called and said, bye, like, we're not going to talk for a while. <laughs> you just like, what's happening? Yeah,
0: I can, I could see where they'd be doing a lot of work on sort of that or the behind the scenes stuff, just kind of gearing yeah, yeah. up and yeah, that makes sense. And so I think I just really just have two questions left. You know, obviously you've been involved in some incredible projects, right? Like the Mandalorian, Westworld, ER, Longmire, I mean, Goliath, the Twilight Saga, and obviously like a ton of other things. But those I think are kind of the ones that tend to have really large fan bases What's it like to be a part of those and kind of come into things, especially ones where you've come in, like, kind of part way, where they've already had, like, these, you know, almost, like, cult followings mm-hmm. when you've joined?
2: Right. Um, it varies. There's, like, different elements to to each one, um, because, for example, like, Twilight and Westworld are... are- oh, okay. So different experiences, but, but one thing that, that is a through line with those things, like with Mandalorian, Westworld and Twilight is, uh, the, you feel like it, I mean, you always sort of feel like you have a family when you're working on a film, but it's like you're joining a family, like a huge family. And, uh, the connection that you have with the cast and the crew and the filmmakers, um, it's. There's an added element to it because it's not just about getting together and telling this story that's very beloved by millions of people, but, um, you're also, um, kind of in it together, you know, like you're, you're kind of like a traveling circus or something. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you, you kind of go through, you have to navigate, um, the reception of it as well. And, and, and it is nice to, um, to do that with, with your colleagues, as opposed to, um, just kind of off on your own.
0: Sure. Yeah. We're, so we're huge Star Wars fans in this house. Um, and actually Star Wars is incredible. Twilight. We, uh, I mean, I'm, I won't even, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit I was a huge Twilight fan back in the day and still I mean a little bit, but, um, I did the whole like we're gonna watch every single one when they drop in the theater and like they want, you know play them all over again as the new one yeah. released. um I read all the books in like one winter break, and not my now fifteen year old daughter wanted to watch them all, and I was like, "Sure, great, we can watch them, but we used to live on the East Coast, and we now live um in the Pacific Northwest just a, like an hour and a half from you know, Washington and right. you know Forks. Oh my gosh, that's right. And so my daughter's like, Oh, we need to do a trip. And we had this whole car trip planned to, you know, go do forks and the whole thing before, um, you know, this, you know, whole quarantine. Did you there. do it? But no, um, I've been to a couple of the filming locations with friends, but, um, now that like we're on quarantine, we didn't go do one with
2: my oh, daughter. Yeah, but right. We'll no, do that it would be not the best. No.
0: Yeah. We'll do it as soon um, as things open up. But my final question for you is then when the new, um, midnight sun put, book comes out um is that something on your reading list will you be planning to read that
2: <laughs> um y- yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i'd love it <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean i'm coming this far right like what's <laughs> up oh, absolutely
0: i mean that's kind of my feeling it's totally on my pre-order list
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Awesome. It was so nice to talk to you. Yes,
0: likewise. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you again, Julia, for joining us today and letting us interview you about your latest movie, Think Like a Dog. And thanks so much for all of you for listening to this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast. We'll be back to geek out with you again soon.
1: Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more geeky goodness.